Hi, and welcome to the Men on the Path to Love podcast, the anxiety and depression episode. I'm Bill Simpson, your host. I coach men who are struggling in relationship, how to communicate effectively, build trust, and deepen intimacy so that they can be the best version of themselves in relationship and live the life they love. Two of the most common mental health conditions that I see in my practice are anxiety and depression. Some folks have anxiety, some have depression, and some actually have both. In any case, it can have a big impact on a marriage or relationship. So what's the difference between anxiety and depression? I get that a lot. Well, here's a quote that oversimplifies the difference. It's attributed to Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu. He says, if you are depressed, you're living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the present. Now, anxiety and depression can show up in different ways depending on the person. Generally speaking, I can give you some of the main differences. With anxiety, it usually comes with feelings of intense fear or worry or apprehension or even feeling threatened. With depression, it usually comes with feelings of sadness, emptiness, hopelessness, um, despair, uh, the lack of motivation or lack of interest of what they used to enjoy. With anxiety, the focus is around that excessive worry. Uh, restlessness, irritability, avoidance behavior, and irrational or excessive fears. Some of the physical symptoms of anxiety can be a racing heart, um, trembling, shortness of breath, or a full-out panic attack, which can show up randomly and feel as intense as having a heart attack and various other symptoms. And a panic attack can be scary and confusing. With depression, the focus being on that ongoing feeling of sadness, you know, the lack of interest or motivation. Um, it can show up as a change in appetite, uh, insomnia, or a shift in your sleep patterns. Uh, there can be a difficulty concentrating, uh, low energy or fatigue, low self-esteem, you know, having feelings of worthlessness, feeling guilty, and it can include thoughts of self-harm or even suicide. With anxiety, the response to stress can be heightened, exaggerated, or hypervigilant. Whereas with depression, the response to stress can be dulled or diminished. And again, with the lack of motivation and withdrawing from activities with friends, family, and social interactions. So these are just some of the main symptoms associated with anxiety and depression. Uh, many of us can experience any of these symptoms at any given time. And I can't stress enough, if you have any of these symptoms, that getting professional help from a mental health provider is extremely important so you can get an accurate diagnosis and then make an appropriate treatment plan to address your specific needs. So, how can anxiety and depression impact a relationship? Well, research has found that individuals experiencing anxiety or depression often report lower levels of relationship quality and dissatisfaction, 
including decreased communication, the lack of intimacy, and the lack of overall relationship happiness. There can be communication challenges, uh, more conflicts and negativity. Emotional intimacy can break down, having difficulty opening up and being vulnerable. It can affect sexual intimacy with erectile dysfunction or lack of interest in sex. And it can create a dynamic where the spouse or partner of the one who has anxiety and or depression takes on the role of caretaker. Yeah, and over time, the stress of being the caretaker can take its toll and cause burnout or exhaustion. You may be wondering, can a relationship survive anxiety and or depression? Well, the short answer is yes, it can. Yet it is not without challenges, and I recommend getting professional help and understanding that it takes a lot of patience, work, and perseverance to get through it. On a personal note, I had a bout with depression many years ago after going through a divorce and major career change, feeling like I was in this pit that I just couldn't get out of. And I also found out that I had anxiety and realized that I had been anxious most of my life, due in part to the traumas I experienced as a child uh, through sexual abuse, um, seeing my parents go through divorce, the sudden deaths of my mother and oldest brother within a year apart, um, having to parentify an alcoholic father who was not present emotionally, and so on. With the help and support of going to therapy, um, exploring various mind-body modalities, and my spiritual awakening, I was able to heal and Frankly, I'm still healing from the impact that these events have had on my relationships and my life in general. So I know firsthand that it is possible to heal from anxiety and depression. And now I'm happy to say that I'm now living the life I love and I'm paying it forward by helping others along their journey. One of the clients I helped uh, I'll call him Gabe, not his real name, of course. Gabe was referred to me by his therapist who had diagnosed him with general anxiety disorder, uh, major depressive disorder, bipolar 1, and seasonal affective disorder. And in Gabe's words, he was a mess. And you can imagine that with any one of these diagnoses that it would have a significant impact on his life and his relationships, right? not to mention having all four of those diagnoses. Well, by the time Gabe had gotten to me, he had done a lot of work with his therapist, and he was taking meds to help keep his mood regulated. His partner Gina, not her real name, was very supportive. Gabe would often question why Gina was so supportive when he was in the condition he was in, saying that he wasn't able to give much to the relationship. I asked him if the tables were turned and Gina was going through the same thing or had another type of disease, would he be supportive? He said he loved her, and yes, that of course he would be there to support her. Then I was like, well, then let her be there for you, right? And he got it, and he also realized that it was his depression talking, um, the self-loathing part of him, and frankly, the anxiety, too, of possibly losing Gina. 
And I have to say, the relationship didn't start off that way. And I probably should give you some background. Gabe had been married before he met Gina. And the first, like, ten years had been pretty good. Then eventually, he went through a horrible divorce. And he ended up losing custody of his son, who was 12 at the time. And Gabe's life began to spiral out of control. He lost his job, he began to isolate, and he ended up moving to another state to be with his older brother, who basically saved him. And every time Gabe would try to contact his son, his mother would tell him that his son didn't want to speak with him. And this was heartbreaking for Gabe. Fast forward, his brother was able to get resources for Gabe to get him some help. He started going to therapy, he got a job, and started working on his mental and physical health. And apparently, Gabe was pretty consistent for several years, and he stopped going to therapy. Well, when he met Gina, he was in a relatively good place. They fell in love, and they were having a great time together. Gina was a social worker and had a very caring heart. And as time went by, she started noticing Gabe's mood would often shift. And he'd be really up there one minute and then he'd become pretty depressed. And especially when the winter came around. And she was finding that he wasn't very excited around the holidays. And as a matter of fact, he was dreading them. And Gina suggested that he might want to see a psychiatrist and go back to therapy. Well, Gabe was resistant and got really defensive. Eventually, the relationship began to really suffer. Um, Gabe was isolating. Uh, he was holding back his feelings from Gina. Uh, there were a lot of arguments and misunderstandings. And no matter what Gina said or did, she just couldn't get through to him. And she ended up feeling like she was walking on eggshells around him. One day, Gina got firm with Gabe and put the relationship on the line. She told him that she loved him very much and that it was either he go back to therapy or the relationship as they knew it was over. Often ultimatums don't work and can backfire. Yet in this case, Gabe realized that he had gotten through this kind of thing before and that he didn't want to lose Gina he decided to go back to therapy. That's when he got the diagnosis. He started taking meds to help stabilize his mood. Uh, Gina was very supportive because she saw how sincere Gabe was to working on himself and the relationship. When Gabe came to me, we started to work on self-compassion for all that he had been through, you know? Especially being estranged from his now adult son for years. Um, Self-compassion too for what he was going through at the time, you know, with all the diagnoses. We also worked with mindfulness techniques to help him in responding to his thoughts and his feelings. We practiced mindful communication strategies to help him in how he talked to Gina. We also worked on his sleep hygiene and Gabe started meditating and taking yoga classes to help with relaxation, focus, and getting some exercise. And again, Gina was very supportive. She had educated herself about Gabe's conditions and was able to offer empathy and encouragement. 
they work together to establish healthy coping mechanisms and strategies to get through their rough times. They worked on recognizing and respecting each other's boundaries and especially the triggers, you know, uh, creating a safe space and understanding for each other. Over time, their relationship transformed into a really healthy partnership. And while their journey hasn't been easy, <laughs> Gabe and Gina continue to persevere. With their commitment to each other and their mutual growth and the long term of the relationship, Gabe's mental health issues no longer dominated their relationship. They did it and continue to do it together. A powerful journey of commitment to healing, to build a deeper and resilient connection. So yeah, a relationship can survive anxiety and or depression, or any mental or physical health issue for that matter. It comes down to commitment. I mean, nothing happens until you commit, right? Yeah, commitment to open and mindful communications, to compassion, to understanding, um, to patience and a commitment to seeking professional help and doing the personal growth. And of course, commitment to that long term, the long run of the relationship. And I got to keep it real. You know, sometimes it doesn't work. And the impact of anxiety and depression or any mental health issue can just be too much. And coming to that realization is valid. And with that realization, you can still come to a compassionate and understanding resolve. No shame. All right, so let me wrap this up on a positive note with a quote from an unknown source that says, In the face of anxiety and depression, the bonds of love become even more essential, offering strength, comfort, and a glimmer of hope. That's right, always keep hope alive. And that will bring this episode to an end. Thank you for listening to the anxiety and depression episode on the Men on the Path to Love podcast. I'm Bill Simpson, your host. Here's a question for you. What's a four-letter word that can make a positive impact on your relationship if you have it, and maybe not so good if you don't? Well, I already gave you a hint. I'll spell it for you. H-O-P-E. Hope. Please join me next time to find out how on the Men on the Path to Love podcast, the Hope episode. And remember, if you have any questions or issues about your relationship you need help with, any comments or feedback about the podcast, please email me at bill at pathways2livingwell.com. That's bill at pathways2livingwell.com. You can also find my email address in the show notes. And if you know someone you think might benefit from listening to this podcast, please share the link, pay it forward, and share the love. And until next time, keep your heart open and stay on the path to love.